Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Nerd Podcast with your host Joe and the Galaxy's resident bottomless pit inspector Tom. That'll be me. Hi Joe, how are we doing? Good Tom, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I say we're all good, but uh, we've been a bit of ill, haven't we? Bit of it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like we should. Uh, I feel like we should warn people in case of any road coughs that come through. Yeah, more you than me, but I've got more of a sore throat, sore ear kind of thing going on at the moment, which is uh, lovely. Um, yeah, this is September's episode of Fansage Podcast. Uh, if it's your first time listening, uh, we're discussing everything about different fandoms, gaming, Star Wars, and beyond. But what we're discussing today um, is the latest game releases, as usual. I'll kick off that to start off with our first impressions of of Starfield, uh, the current state of um, simulators, and the closure of Volition, and a bit more. So, let me just start you off with some gaming releases from this month. Some have already passed, but uh, you might not be aware of them. You probably will be aware of this one, though. To start us off on the 6th of September is Starfield for PC and Xbox. What then game? on the 8th of September, we've got the NBA 2K24 for those people that are interested on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. The Pokemon Scarlet Violet Hidden Treasure of Area Zero DLC Part 1. The Teal Mask. What a mouthful that is for a name. 13th of September for the Switch. So that should be out currently. 14th of September was the Crew Motorfest. Early access from the 11th from PC, Xbox, Switch and PlayStation. Which I must must say is uh, turning up to be a very, very good arcade racer at the moment. One of the games I've picked up. Next on the 14th of September, this probably has gone under your radar, but Heavy Duty Challenge uh, for Xbox PlayStation. It's an open world truck exploration with obstacle course and trial events. So it's basically truck sports. It's a little bit like SnowRunner, but it's more focused on the, the sporting trucks aspect of it. I, I hadn't heard of that, but that's something I want to go and look at now. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is on it is on Steam, so you can uh, go and check that out on the Steam store. Following on to the 19th was Mortal Kombat 1 for Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Then we've got Lies of P, 19th of September, Xbox, PC, and PS. Uh, Party Animals comes out on the 20th of September for PC and Xbox. It's a kind of fun team and co-op games. A little bit similar to Fall Guys, not exactly, but it's kind of party game sort of stuff, but with animals. So that's quite quirky and cool. Then on the 21st of September is Payday 3. Um, And Early Access is from the 18th for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Oh, is that the one that you're interested in? Uh, Yes, it it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, Never would have guessed. No, it's not like I mentioned it on every single podcast so far, no. No, Um, I don't know. Of course not. I did want to quickly mention there was an open beta a couple of weeks ago, so... uh, I got I got to actually play it, so uh, I am <laughs> I, I'm happy with, with the game. Obviously, it was an April build, so it's like five months old, but still, we get to see the full game on uh, on the 18th, which is going to be nice. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, I'm already playing it. But as the time of the recording, it's it's tomorrow <laughs> for, for oh, us. Yeah, you must be buzzing. Uh, I'm breaking my street stream schedule and streaming tomorrow, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> on the 26th of September, uh, we've got the Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty DLC for PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. There's also going to be some quality of life updates for Cyberpunk as well, um, and they're going to be free updates as well. 
And that DLC actually includes Idris Elba, for those that are interested. Um, so oh. it's kind of a spy um, DLC story element to Cyberpunk, which is pretty cool. And then on the 26th of September for PC, Xbox and PlayStation is Train Sim World 4. Now, that nicely goes into our very first topic I wanted to talk about, which was the state of simulator games. Because it was Train Sim World that really got me thinking about the release schedules, whether they're too close together. Because I wanted to kind of delve into this for a reason. Because I thought to myself, Transcend World 3 came out not that long ago. And I was yeah. wondering, when was that? So here is the timeline of the game franchise. So Transcend World 1 came out on the 21st of July 2018. Transcend World 2, which are the two Transcend Worlds I actually own, um, is the 20th of August 2020. The one that I didn't get was Transcend World 3, which came out on the 2nd of September 2022. So last year. Transcend World 4 is coming out on the 26th, so it's roughly a year, just about. You could just about squeeze yeah. in a years later. So, so it's. I, I'm, I'm thinking, is it a class grab, or are they dealing with a mistake? Because if you look at all those release schedules, they're getting closer together. Yeah, so I mean... It doesn't surprise me because whoever it, I can't think of who it is Dovetail. behind Train Sim Dovetail, yeah. yeah, Dovetail on Train Sim Classic did release a new version of the game every year. Yeah. However, I must say what they did in terms of doing that release, obviously all your DLC carried over because realistically it was just, I guess, game engine updates yeah. that you would call it, or like you know feature yeah. updates. That you would get for free um the only thing you would have to buy basically is the new routes so for anyone not familiar with train sim classic um they would do three or four routes bundled with the uh the game the base game um some of them were usually exclusive to the base game as well so you had to kind of buy that year's edition to get some of those routes um but yeah, all the DLC carried over, so there was no change. You could still carry on playing. You didn't have to buy anything because you got that update for free, uh, and you could still go and buy all the DLC. You never had to buy the base game again once you bought it, unless you wanted those new routes. Um, and to be fair, I think most of them have then been released later on down the line. It might be another couple of years before we yeah. get it, but it is released. Um, yeah, Trains in World is a little bit different because, again, I've sort of noticed this as well. It's a full re-release of the game. They're putting new features in it. So it may be in, I don't know, four or five years' time that we see them doing the same as what they do with Trainsim Classic. Um, mm. But at the moment, it is a full new game. You do carry over the DLC. You do carry over the routes. But you have yeah. to buy the base game to get all of the updates. It's not yeah. like Classic where you've got those free sort of technology updates, I guess you call it. Um yeah, that's, it's... that's what I liked about Transcend Classic, though. Like, I, mm. I remember buying 2014 version in game. I have a physical edition, uh, but obviously yeah. it had a Steam code inside. Um, and every, I was also surprised because I didn't know this. Obviously, at the time when I got it, every single year it would update to the next year and the next year and the next year. Yeah. And then obviously it became Transcend Classic when Transcend World came out. 
um, or a little bit later anyway, because obviously Transient World has the newer engine. It has lovely graphics and all uh, a newer engine and train, sim, train Simulator Classic is on the old engine still, I believe, unless they've updated it. No, it's still the same engine. Yeah, it's been on for so. yeah. years. I don't know how long now. It's got like £4,000 worth of DLC though. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And then even then you've got the modding side as well. Yeah. Um, which is something I had to get used to when I was looking at that kind of side of things for Transcend Classic. You, there are paid routes made by independent yeah. developers, and apparently that's the norm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, some of them are fantastic and better than what Dovetail yeah. puts out, but yeah, that's that was a weird thing to get used to. I mean, Transcend Classic is still pumping out roots and stuff because they've recently released Carlisle Glasgow route which I know one yeah. of my my Scottish friends has started playing Trade Simulator again just for that route um, yeah um, so they're still going um, I, I think know, they still do the yearly update as well yeah it might do um, it would make sense mm. um, but for Transim World it just seems I just want it to be better in the way that they're doing things because if it's going to become a yearly thing, simulators, in my opinion, shouldn't be a yearly thing because they're one of those things that that doesn't really tend to need updates every single year. It will it will become yeah. a FIFA or a or a Call of Duty, which you know have their own reputation of themselves. I say FIFA, but FIFA doesn't exist anymore. Um, Does it not? No, it's now FIFA have um, separated ways from EA, so it's oh. EA have made their own. It's like EA Sports FC now. Oh, I Did, didn't know that. Yeah, this year's the first year of it coming out like that now. Ah, I mean, not a game that I no, played no. for many, many years, so yeah. I don't follow yeah. it, but yeah. Um yeah, I mean, going back to Train Sim World there, I I don't mind if they want to do an update every year, but I want them to start adopting a model like, like they do with Train Sim Classic. Yeah. Put in new features, put in new ideas and stuff. That's that's cool. I'll, you know, do that for free as the free update. Yeah. But then bundle together, I mean, like I say, with Train Sim Classic, they do four routes. I imagine it takes more to create routes for Train Sim World. But again, bundle together a couple of routes and say, here's the base game. You can buy it again and you'll get all these routes exclusive, but you also get your your heart, your hardware, what, your uh, your software updates for free. What I do know about the new Transcend World is um, there is some improvements in terms of there's a there's an editor, there's a photo mode now. And it mm. seems like this new editor is trying to potentially encourage modding this time around, which is... I would say essential for a simulator because modding communities keep those games alive, yeah. particularly. But what I've also noticed is that they've got a good selection of, of routes and stuff. I know the the deluxe edition has the inclusion of the Flying Scotsman um, as a as a locomotive, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, obviously you can't get that with, with standard, but uh, that's one of the I think the the middle tiered game has. But what I also yeah. noticed, because obviously I own Transient 1 and 2, I actually had a slight loyalty discount for Transient World 3. Um, sorry, oh, 4. Okay. Actually, 4. 
I've skipped three. Oh. And I, I have a loyalty discount slightly. It's it's very small, but it's still uh, something. I, I have three. I picked it up from a humble bundle and I got it yeah. very cheaply. I think I paid about yeah. twenty quid for it and all of the DLC, which was the steal. Um But yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean I'm I'm curious to see what Training Sim World Four gives us. But yeah. Again, it's, it's whether I want to fork out all that money again. Yeah, I mean, I get a 25% auto discount, uh, which apparently will end when it releases. Um, so the standard edition I can get for £30 um, instead of the £40. Interesting. So I get 25% off. Um, so that's, oh. quite, that's quite actually good, to be fair. And Yeah, I've just had a look. I get that as well. That's interesting. You know, I've been wanting to get into. I mean, I, I, my, my Xbox Game Pass has just finished, and I tried Train Sim World Four, but yet again with Xbox Game Pass, another game just was broken. Couldn't really oh. play much of it because I was actually recently I've been interested in getting into Train Sim World Three, but then they released uh, announced Train Sim World Four, so I'm like, well, there's no point now. Maybe I'll go for Train Sim World Four, but this loyalty discount yeah. kind of makes it a little bit kind of better. You know, because we already already have it. Yeah, I mean, um, look, I'll I'll always take a saving. Savings are good. I mean, I'm jumping from from two to four instead of three to four. I think people that might have three are might be a little bit skeptical because they've bought it basically a year ago and already we've got a new game. But as I said at the start of this topic, is this classic dovetail doing cash grab or did they make a huge mistake with transfer world 3 to the point where they had to bring out a new game basically a year later it might be but they've added new features like that editor sort of mode the photo mode which would was quite interesting and some other features which i think it might be going to the correct direction but for me the improvements that transcend world need is a, a proper Korea with the virtual a virtual currency system like we see in the simulators that that we enjoy and the ones that have this extended lifespan um you know as i've said earlier modding for other sims extends that life that life cycle of that game double triple quadruple whatever you want to put it at more than oh. its standard content well as an example let's look at our favorite simulator yeah Euro truck. You know, every Tuesday we play some Euro truck. Um, I think you made a note of the release date, didn't you? Yes, I'm going to get to that in a minute, um, actually, because um, I wanted to delve more into that. Yeah, um, but look at that. That has been going for however many years now. Yeah. And thanks to the modding community, it's, if anything, I'd argue more alive than ever. Yeah. Because people have put so much time into it. People have continued yeah. to develop it and expand it. It's so much bigger now than it was when it released. And that's not even thinking about the DLC that they've released. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Certainly for simulator games, modding is basically Essential. a lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that simulator games, you know, I don't mind them coming out every three years or every four years, but... Eurotruck, you know, Eurotruck Simulator 2 has, although it's the second game in the franchise, you know, they massively improved it and then they've just kept it going from there. But what I'd also like to see from Transient World now is less DLC, more free updates. I think that's what we need. I think that's what 
loads of people just don't like the fact that all these new routes are always DLC and I think there should be a bit more of a split. Some should be free, sure, but some should be paid. Absolutely. Do you know um, what? That actually has me curious what their routes go for. Oh, here we go. So I've got Steam open at the moment, just having a look. Yeah, yeah. Racing World 3, Scott Rad Express, Edinburgh to Glasgow route add-on. So I think that's a pretty recent release. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 26th of Jan, so start of the year, but... Yeah. Um, 30 quid. Oh. So to buy a route, certainly for Train Sim World, you're basically paying the price of a new game. Oof, that is steep. I mean, they're not all like that. Uh, well, the next one in the list is uh, Train Sim World 3, Thameslink BR Class 700 EMU add-on. So it's a train rather than a route, but that's still 13 quid. 13. 13's not too bad. No. Uh, so it looks like trains are around sort of 12, 13 pounds. I suppose they're routes thinking, are around 20 to... I suppose they're thinking there's more effort going into a route than, than a locomotive because there's so much more to do. Yeah, there's a lot you've got to think about, definitely. Because there's all the world design and tracks. And yeah. You've got assets to think about as well as building yeah. a route and... Yeah, definitely, definitely more goes into that. And I can understand that, definitely. But um, going, when you consider you're basically buying a whole new yeah. game, price-wise, for a single route, I think we could probably do with getting the base game, or again, sorry, like Train Sim Classic, getting the base game updates, yeah. the, the software updates, the technical updates for free. And then, yeah, like I say, if they want to do a bundle of a couple of routes, yeah. cool, I'm happy to buy that each year because then I feel like I'm getting something worthwhile. And I know we're getting roots with this, don't get me wrong, but it's. I think what we're trying to say is it's about giving people that option. If you want to buy the roots, fantastic. You've got a year yeah. to buy it. But if you don't, you just want the, the technology upgrades, brilliant, carry on playing. Have at it. Yeah. I think, like you said, I think we kind of need to see a shift back towards that. They still do it with Train Sim Classics. We know they're capable of doing it. Yeah. It'd just be nice to see them bring that to Train Sim World. Yeah, I mean, going back to that kind of career mode, I mean, look at the likes and, and the, the virtual currency system, construction sim, ETS2, yeah. American Truck Simulator, even Boss Sim 18 has that aspect. Train Simulator at the moment is just a sandbox, and I don't like that aspect. I like that because I think what really gets people engaged and keeps going is that career mode, that earning something, that progression system. You know, um, I there is. You, I don't know if you've heard I, of Derail Valley Simulator. Um, I have heard of it, yeah. Because I'm going to reference that because that one has a huge. Um, obviously, it's only focused on freight, but it has this huge progression system. You have to buy um, different licenses and different things that you can upgrade. It's a bit more gimmicky, um, but it's very, very realistic. And I've, I've, I've watched Squirrel play it, and my God, is it. Does it look amazing? Um, but it does mm. it right. You know, yes, you can walk around and do everything, but you have to earn your your licenses through money, and you have to. You know, I'd love to see that for Transient World, where you've got a either either it's a, a combination between Derail Valley, where you've got earn licenses, and a bit like um, Boss Sim, where you you're part of a, a firm or a company. Uh, or you start with somebody else's company, then you start your own, or you know something like yeah. that. 
I'd like to see that because I think more people would be more inclined to go for that because there is progression instead of this big sandbox which I don't think everybody some people yeah I like that keep that feature by all means but have the added on of of a career mode because I mean there see, is there is a career mode of sorts and there is um there is a progression system but I'll be honest, I've never understood the point of it in Train Sim World because I don't understand yeah. what you, you get, get for progressing. You get AP, which is action points. Everything that you do in, in Train Sim World, you get action points and you yeah. level up and stuff. But for me, particularly from someone in Train Sim World 2 that's not really delved into 3 or 4, I'm not sure how much that's changed. But from my experience, it doesn't do anything. It's just you've leveled up. That's it. You know, it does, yeah, doesn't get you anything. Or that's largely been my experience as well. Go towards anything. I think my very small experience when I was at Game pa Game Pass on Transit World Three, I managed to do go through the tutorial, um, but um, I think that there was a challenges segment which your AP went towards or something. I'm not quite sure, but there was some sort of. There was some sort of improvement while I wasn't 100% sure on. Right, okay. But yeah, um, you know, we need something like Eurotruck in the in the, in the uh, uh, train world. That, that's what we need, you know. Look at Eurotruck. It came in 2012. It has constant updates, additions, plus it's got its modding community. It maybe does maybe two DLCs a year, maybe, maybe a little bit more. It depends on how much time they're work on it because they're they're uh side note, side note they're taking their sweet ass time on the west baltics although actually you say that about them releasing dlc but they also on on top of releasing dlc through the year Loads they're also free. updating older parts of the map for free yeah or some of it for free some of it is dlc but again yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into some of these reworks um and if you think about it, from 2012 to current 2023, there are 83 pieces of DLC and there are two oh, free mounts. Wow. And they are map expansions, paint jobs, cargo packs, tuning packs, etc. So that's all for Eurotruck. Now let's have a look at yeah. American Truck Simulator that came out in 2016. I can't believe it came out in 2016. So ATS, wow. in comparison, has 41 DLC with nine free similar types of DLC as Eurotruck Simulator 2. You know, so we know it's it's possible. It's just whether the developers want more money, or they just don't want to have that same kind of model. We look at Construction Simulator and Bus Sim. You know, they have that replay value as much as Euro Truck Simulator 2 and American Truck Simulator because they have that sort of career progression element. You know. Yeah. I must admit, actually, I know I've spoken in uh, Dovetail's defense here a little bit, but I'm gonna speak against them a little bit as well i'm going to play both sides of the field here mm. yeah, yeah um thinking back to train some classic officer i talked a lot about how they do the free updates and you can buy routes yeah but actually talking about the routes themselves you still pay a considerable amount to buy lots of routes i mean obviously you said there's about four thousand pounds worth of dlc out there <laughs> yeah now obviously i'm not going to look at that dlc in its entirety but there are a number of routes there that you'll pay, I don't know, like 12, 15 quid for, which, yes, is less money, 
but you can pay a similar amount to third-party developers. Let's take Just Trains as an example. They're a brilliant developer. I've bought mm -hmm. a couple of bits of DLC from them. Um, and it's done to such a higher standard. Dovetail yeah. are pumping out this yeah. this free, uh, not free, sorry, these routes and, and add-ons and stuff. But realistically, what we're getting is a copy and paste of assets that we've had for 10, 15 years. Whereas Just Trains, as I say, you pay a similar amount for one of their routes. All right, you might yeah. have to buy trains and stuff as well and rolling stuff. But you get fully custom assets. It might use some of the basic stuff from the base game to make it a little bit more accessible. But they'll create a load of assets themselves and it's such a higher mm. quality. So yeah. again, it kind of just looking at your argument of, well, is it a cash grab? Well, you know, as much as Dovetail are updating things, they're also not. Yeah. We've, we've tried some classic at least so uh, yeah i don't know maybe there is more they could be doing mm. they're also getting a lot of money off of us those of us in the the train sim community yeah. um maybe there's more that they could be doing to to improve that experience for us and the kind of final th things of, of this entire topic i wanted to kind of mention was i wanted to have a look at again busing so busing released from 2016 then it released in 2018 and then 2021 so from what i can gather it's very similar to farming sim it seems to be every two years or so but i'm hoping 2021 is gonna continue for the next few years they've recently put out a school bus mod dlc uh, which okay. i thought was actually pretty cool and i don't think any bus sim has actually done that to date so that's kind of new and what seems to be quite good obviously i own 2018 i haven't got 21 yet i'd like to um to be honest um but 18 was good you know you had to plan your routes you were uh, there was uh, some sort of career the map was good you had to manage you know the you had the financial aspects of it but i do feel that bus sim 21 might be the one that might be as close as we can to get a bus sim that's like eurodrug i'm hoping they'll keep it on for at least the next three years Obviously, at the moment, it's, what, two years old at the moment. Um, there's been no announcement of the next boss sim, and I'm hoping they're going to keep it on. Uh, obviously, no one bats an eye when it comes to farming sim, because it's every two years, and we we know that. Um, but then, again, they're consistent, and we tend to yeah. see that the things that they put in, they include for free there's, in the next release, on top of whatever else there, There's There's, there's a developed. kind of jump. I feel that... Trend Sim World and, and particularly Trend Simulators, a lot of copy and paste. That's how I felt. That I think that's that's really what yeah. started off this topic. I thought it's more of a copy and paste, and oh yeah, let's release another one. So one to have a, an eye on, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. again, I know I've said it already, but I would definitely like to see a shift in the way that they approach their updates. Um, I prefer the way it was done with Trend Sim Classic. Even with the routes not being the highest mm. quality, as I said there, yeah. I'm still happier with that model. Um, yeah. It'd be nice to see the train sim world, and I, I think you're probably in agreement there, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Now, as much yeah. as I'd love to talk about simulators for the next hour, which we will <laughs> have more than capable to, uh, of doing so, um, oh, yes. <laughs> I think you've got some uh, TV series you, you want to talk about, Joe. Yeah, Tom, this is going to be a difficult discussion. Because um, we can't say wanna, anything. Yeah, I also don't want to give loads of spoilers. But um, for those of you that have been around for a while, whether it's with our individual channels or, or with the podcast now as well, um, we are massive fans, absolutely enormous fans of Star Wars, all things Star Wars. 
Yes. Um, and you may be aware, obviously, the Ahsoka series is out. Uh, we've been waiting for this a long time. We've been gushing over it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, what, five episodes in now? Yeah, five episodes in. Well, and, probably uh, a couple more by the time this comes out, won't it? Yeah. Um, and the fun fact about episode five is it was actually broadcasted in cinemas in some places, I think mostly in America, but... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I didn't hear anything about that over here, but that's that's very cool. <laughs> it was a very cool episode. Again, I can't talk about it because I don't no, want to no. give loads no. of spoilers to people that haven't caught up or are maybe waiting to watch the whole thing in one go. Um, oh, Tom, how do I say that I love it without telling everyone what's happening? Uh, I don't know. Try if vague as possible. I mean, okay. our, our, our favourite uh, war criminal... Is, uh, is getting some screen time, which I'm oh, loving. Oh my god. My favourite <laughs> droid. Um, I love that... I mean, we all know that Chopper's in it. We've seen him in all the adverts and the, the trailers and stuff, so yeah. we can talk about Chopper. Yeah. Um, Chopper That's is his yeah. sassy self. That Nothing has changed, and I love it. Um, I saw a comparison next to the model of Chopper they used for Rogue One as well. Mm. Um, he looks so much better. Mm. They've made him look so much more like himself, which is brilliant. I mean, the um, one from Rogue One, he's just a background cameo, so... Yeah, I guess it didn't need to be super accurate, no. did it? No one... I mean, I missed it at the time, so... Fair yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, obviously we're getting close-ups, he looks perfect. And I don't know about you, Tom, but whenever he talks in his chirps and beeps and stuff, mm. I feel like I can understand him. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I understand what he's saying, and I'm like... He's talking English. Um, uh, talking of Chopper, I, I did want to kind of go over to another droid of uh, Yu Yang, um, obviously. Oh, yes. Uh, voiced by our very favourite David Tennant. And when I... When, well, obviously, we saw the trailer. Obviously, for those people that have seen Clone Wars, we know, um, obviously, he voice acts those back then. But I'm utterly surprised the amount of screen time he has... I thought it was just going to be every so often. No, it's so much screen he's time for it. He's, he's a main character. I know, well, and so I love it. <laughs> I, I told you about this, I think, on the stream, but he got, I think it was an Emmy for his his voice performance as Hu Yang in yeah. uh, The Clone Wars. Yeah. So it's, it's just great to see him back, reprising that and giving it so much life. Yeah. Um, Hu Yang is a fantastic character, definitely. Um, oh, actually, that reminds me as well. Uh, something I was discussing with Beth. Um, I wonder if it's him actually there on set. Because, like, if you remember... Um, oh, what was the name of the droid in Solo? Oh. Um, you know who I'm thinking of, though, don't yes. you? The one who ended up being implanted in the Falcon. Well, again, I can't remember who played the droid, but she was there in basically like a green morph suit mm. with like a chest plate attached and like basically a, a helmet type thing to simulate where the head would be. And then they obviously painted yeah. out the green bits and put in like the skinny limbs and stuff. It would definitely and I just wondered if, definitely Yeah, I wondered if it would be the same for Hu Yang. Is it yeah. him there with like the chest piece on and like maybe a mask, but then his arms are green because let's be honest, it looks skinnier than a human arm. Yeah. So I wonder if they've just painted his arm out and put the droid arm in. Yeah, I just I just wonder how they're doing it behind the scenes. But honestly, the performance is fantastic. I also saw uh, another <laughs> another fan theory 
yesterday. Oh, God. Uh, I thought, oh, should I, uh, should I message you? And then I thought, now nah, queue for the podcast. I'm glad I remembered. So, oh, right. obviously, everybody has the hots for, uh, what's she called? Oh, what, Hera? No. No? Because oh, I've seen people having the hots for Hera. Blonde girl. Is it... I've forgotten her name. Oh, Shin. Yeah, Shin, that's it. People have a theory... This is going to blow your mind and absolutely think, oh, why Why has someone come up with this? They're saying uh, that God, Shin, I'm, I'm Shin is uh, actually Captain Phasma. Oh, I saw this as well. No, <laughs> no. Just get out. I'm not. Firstly, as I saw someone comment on this, how has she gone from five foot eight to six foot six? Yeah, that's why I saw, I saw that comment. Fucking no way. Absolutely no way. <laughs> Secondly, how has oh. she gone from force sensitive to I have no connection to the force whatsoever? Oh, and I got put in a trash compactor. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Sorry. Uh, no. I don't buy yeah. it. What a rubbish. Oh, honestly, I've heard some silly fan theories, but that. Nah, I'm, I'm I'm the that. fan theories that, oh yeah, Ezra is Marrick. Uh, oh yeah. Of course, because oh, yeah, that, that would one. make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, because after all that time fighting the dark side, he'd just go, ah. Ah, screw it. Why not? <laughs> oh, we'll leave Thrawn there, but I'll turn and I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, that don't make sense at all. One thing I, 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 you know, I think, I think people that have watched Rebels, watched Clone Wars, have definitely, can definitely can tell. First few episodes were definitely... For the people that didn't watch those um, those series, because we there was definitely that kind of build up to establishing these characters, but I don't think people yeah. that didn't watch Rebels and everybody else really appreciates the the characters. Particularly, obviously, something happens to Sabine right at the start, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, to us. That love that character that's a heartbreaker for us for what happens to her not to yeah. get into too much detail yeah but, i think i know what you're talking about but to to some other people that are just getting used to her character they're like oh oh that's happened to her no big deal right yeah <laughs> you know there's not that emotional connection that we do then everybody else does Oh, talking of Sabine, yeah. can, can we can we talk about that speeder ch- that that speeder scene? Oh, that speeder scene, which you see oh. in the trailer, by the way. That was so her though. It was so that's, good. That's the thing. <laughs> I, it, actually, I'm glad you brought up about those first couple of episodes. Um, yes, there was a lot of hello. I'm this character, yeah. which, as you say, for us, we already know who they are, but. It was nice to see that they have established the characters as we know them. Yeah, uh, They're very true to those original characters. It doesn't feel like they've changed a lot about it. There's some things that I'm questioning a little bit and a bit like, oh, oh, what's that? Uh, which, again, I'm not going to go into too much. Watch the series and you'll probably understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, but that said, they're very much the characters that we know and love. Um I know it's done by Dave Filoni, who created these characters, and of course he's going to be true to that. But uh, it's, I don't know, as a fan, it's just nice to see them staying true to that 
Dave Filoni after episode five. The goat. He is a god to all Star Wars. My I, god. I loved episode five. That was just him for the fans, I'm sure. I'm sure he just went, I'm just going to throw this in because they're going to love it. Because let's not forget, he's a fan like we are. Obviously, he when, loves it like we do. So he's when, sitting there going, oh my God, I would love this. For those people that get the meme, I think you'll get the meme. It's um, I'm going to just say a quote here, just like the simulations. Oh my God, yes. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you're talking about. Oh. Yeah. Also, oh, just... I don't know if I can say it. I don't know if it would be too much of a spoiler. Uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it. Look, for those of you that have watched episode five, you'll understand what I'm excited about and who I'm excited about. You might. There's a couple of people I'm excited about. But, <laughs> but during the flashback scenes, mm -hmm. someone is played by a character who has come back. Uh, so there's two characters that have come back. Specifically in the flashbacks, that should narrow it down enough for you. Specifically in the flashbacks, that person that came back, played by the original actor, I think, Tom, you might be with me now. I think um, so. yeah. I'm so glad he's back and playing that character now. Oh, yeah, I definitely because, know, know who you're on about now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm so glad he's playing that. I'm sure he said that he wants to play that character. I'm so sorry this is so vague. But I don't want to give spoilers away for those that yeah. haven't seen it yet. It's yeah. it's a fantastic episode. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. Take some time, lock yourself away so that no one can disturb you, and just enjoy it for the masterpiece that it is. I mean, I'm talking about it as a fan, but Tom, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at it as a piece of film work and a piece of writing, would you not agree that it is a I, fantastic episode? If, if you remember, I messaged you after I... Well, obviously, I, I wasn't sure when you messaged it because obviously you messaged me first, and I said, I said to you, "Oh yeah, it, it looks like it, it's just like a film. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like I've yeah. just walked, gone and watched a film, not a TV episode yeah. of a series. It, I, I feel like it was a bit of a heavy episode because there was a lot that happened. But oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, an honestly, guys. An interesting fact about this that I also <laughs> told you as well is there's someone that has played a younger version of somebody. And that, that yeah. th this actor is infamous for doing this. So she did it in Infinity War because she was young Gamera. And she, apparently yes. she, did, she did it in the Barbie movie as well. film I haven't watched, but apparently she was in yeah, that I as well. So, I saw a, a photo of that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's quite interesting. But yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, definitely uh, an episode to... Uh, I can see why oh, they. I, wanna... I, can, I can see why they hyped it up and they kind of went to the cinema with it, but you know, because they've never done that before. It's a single episode from Disney Plus going into the cinema for you to watch. Yeah. Although didn't they do Kenobi once that was all out? Uh, you could go and watch the full thing in the cinema. I'm not sure, but this was just the one episode off, so everybody yeah. knew. Everybody knew. Oh, something was going to go down. To be fair, with the cliffhanger they left us on. And we talked about this on stream. It was yeah. going to be one or two things, and it was going to be a massive episode either way. Yeah. I'm so excited for the coming episode, episode six, because again, yeah. that should be fantastic. We know what's going to happen next with, well, we know what must happen next with that, because yeah, definitely. there's only one place it can go now, yeah. which was the other of my theories, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's got to be that's got to be a good episode as well. I'm so ready for that. Actually, I'm not. I'm going to cry with joy because it's going to be 
fantastic, I can tell. Um, oh, th there's one thing I forgot to yeah. mention. We got live action loaf cat. They are so oh, adorable. Yes. Oh, I love the loaf cats. I want one. I'm surprised they haven't made a plushie of one yet. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm surprised because again, Beth wanted one. She was like, oh, I want one. I was like, I'll see if there's a plushie and I couldn't find one. I'm so surprised <laughs> they haven't made one. But um, I'm hoping that one will come out in so, the in the near future. I know. I know. We, we, I've probably mentioned this before. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but it's a shame that that Ray doesn't get to see the reaction that he does because there's so many people that say, "Yeah, Balin yeah. is Balin is my favourite character because he's it's... he's he's not quite evil, is he? He's like no." He's, He's like in the middle, which is yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny you mention that actually. So like we were saying, or like I was just saying about it being a fantastic piece of film work and writing. Ray's depiction of Balin's scroll was it or or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. That character is by far one of the best characters in the series. Like every single line he delivers is amazing. The way that yeah. he does it. Yeah. That character is he another level. He hardly level. needs any dialogue, but he does an amazing Well, that's thing the thing. I mean, that's that's how you know it's a good character. They've not got a lot of dialogue, but it's the way he carries himself and the way he delivers those lines. And it, it's only when it's... someone pointed this out, and this is what got me in the... When I saw him in the trail, the way he's holding his lightsaber, someone said he always like he's holding it like a knight. And I was like, oh my yeah. god, that's what it was. I knew there yeah. was something different about how he held it, and I couldn't quite... It couldn't quite click with me. I was like, but, what is it? But it's unique, that, and we haven't seen it before, and I love that. That matches his character so well, because I would say that his mannerisms and his... We might not agree necessarily with his goal. No. But his view on things is very much that of what we would expect of a knight. Um, and for those that have, like that the have promise that it. he made, and for those that have seen it, the Sabine scene with him, that yeah, that yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very much that kind of knightly honor, being true to what your word. You know, no, I've made a promise. I will stand by it. I will deliver on that. It's it's such a unique character. It's unlike yeah. any kind of Jedi or or Sith or you know anywhere in between those two that we've yeah. seen before. Um, yeah, fantastic performance, fantastic delivery. Um, do you know what, actually, I talking about the way he delivers his lines and the way he carries himself as that character, it reminds me of, and I can't think of his name now, it's escaping me, the guy who played Professor Snape in the Harry Potter films. Oh, my oh what's God. his name? <laughs> I can't think of his name. Oh, my God. But... It's just, I would say it's up there Alan with that Rickman. kind of performance. That's it, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. I would say Ray Stevenson's performance is up there with Alan Rickman as Snape. Mm. Because the way he plays that character is just unique and superb. You know, everyone looks at Alan Rickman and says, oh my God, like, that's a perfect performance as Snape. Everyone talks about him as a fantastic actor. I think we could say the same for Ray here as, as yeah. Balin. Um, 
I, that's, I realize that's high praise, but again, if you've seen the series, you'll you'll know yeah. what we're on about. Um, Overall, I don't think there's a lot very, that, that you can very, put on that very kind of enjoying, enjoying it, regardless. It's oh very, yeah, definitely. Very good. And you know, this was only meant to be a first impressions, but we've uh, <laughs> we could talk about this all day, can't we? Despite us oh, not God, yeah. being spoiler free. <laughs> I know it's so difficult dancing around the spoilers, but there's so much I can say about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. If you haven't watched it, guys, you're missing out. Please go and watch it. Treat yourself. It's yeah. not, amazing. Not, I'm, I'm going to let you. Not to mention the banger of a of a score for the uh, for the outro. Yeah. Yeah. As soon, that is... as soon as that it's on Spotify, by the way, at the moment. And uh, oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's on Spotify. As soon as it w- was on Spotify, it's um, Kevin K- uh, Kilner that also did the Clone right. Wars. He did the Clone Wars um, oh. and, uh, soundtrack. Um, well, I bet that's Dave, though. Dave's gone, come, oh, on, yeah. come Dave's do this gone, for me as well. Dave's gone like, yeah, can you do the soundtrack for Soka, please? Oh, look, um, you did some banging scores for me there. Come and do this for me. <laughs> Let's knock it out of the park. Yeah, I've I've kind of been listening to it on repeat. It's, it's, it's so good. Um, it is yeah. a good score, yeah. Definitely. Um, right. Look, Tom, I can I can gush about this all oh, day. Yeah, yeah we, you've got we, other things to talk about yeah. as well. We're gonna circle back to gaming. Um, this was a topic. Uh, well, this was a game that was announced at Gamescom uh, last month. Um, so I think it's a good time to kind of talk about it now. Now that it's kind of out there. Expedition, a mod runner game. As you all know, we we love our Sims, and we particularly love SnowRunner. <laughs> Mudrunner was the previous game. Um, there's now a spin-off game for that. So, um, it's the same developers. It's going to have a 2024 release date. Um, and, and here's the first point. Uh, obviously, there were so many details that you could take from it. But I'm going to take all the new stuff that we knew, rather than because there's a lot of crossover. Or, yeah, this looks like similar to this. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's so, fair to say, before we get into it, that there's a lot carried over from SnowRunner. Yeah, um, so this was the first kind of question mark. Now just listen to uh, the, the the consoles that's going on. PlayStation uh, 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Okay. Now, last gen and current gen. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm wondering why... New I mean, game coming out in 2024, it's not. It's very rare now that something's going on last gen. I'm not dissing last gen at all. Some people are probably still on last gen, but. Yeah, well, I, I think. I mean, there's still some supply issues, isn't there? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. try and go on Xbox Series X now. PlayStation is now they're, a lot better. Sold you can everywhere. Get, you can yeah. Still get PlayStation but, now. But yeah, I wonder if it's. I mean. They still carry quite a high price tag as well. Mm. I mean, I've looked at getting a, an Xbox Series X. Um, not that I really play console that much anymore, but I looked at it and when I don't want to spend 500 quid on it. In I fact, mean, I think I might be a little bit over that, but do you know what I mean? It, it might be that and people are going, or, sorry, developers are going, we still need to recuperate our costs and maybe that's why. Yeah. They're still releasing it on the last gen. See, my argument for that is if you have a PC, you don't need a, an Xbox now, which 
I think is yeah. a great move from Microsoft anyway, regardless. Yeah, yeah, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There's a lot of crossplay as well, which eliminates the need to play a specific console. Or yeah. specifically on PC. Unless it's a, um, an exclusive, but yeah. Yeah. What's also interesting this time around, which I think me and you are going to be so glad for, no Epic Games exclusive this time. It is oh, on Steam this time. The Steam thank God. The Steam page is there. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you know what? Like, I, I appreciate that we have used Epic Games and we we went in early on it and picked it up on there, but I don't. You, I don't really like it. You don't understand the amount of times I've considered, screw it, I'm going to buy SnowRunner again when it's on sale on Steam. <laughs> so I'm sad at the moment, so I think it's, I think I saw it's like 15 quid. <laughs> Just whilst I was looking at Train Sim, it came up on there and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. that's cheap. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it every so often when it's been on sale, oh. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so, so, so tempted. I, I was wrong, it's £13. It might not ah, be on sale yeah. by the time this goes out, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean... Definitely worth picking up if uh, if you haven't picked it up, guys. So, Expeditions um, is going to be explore, exploration-based missions. Um, now, on the Steam page, this is what it says. It says, you're going to manage your camp by building research structures and hiring experts to unlock new skills and possibilities during your expeditions. There's a mention of build and manage your base as well. Does that mean we get to have so, skill trees hiring people? So I've I've wondered about this because they sort of showed off the base building in the uh, announcement trailer. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just going to act as your main menu. Mm. Is Maybe. it just going to be you go through and do? Because I think you said before it's it's kind of mission based. Yes. Yeah, so what rather I was, than I was, I was I'm going to mention it now and not later, which is oh, okay. it's it's not open world. So it's not going to be like Star yeah. Runner. It is going to be all these kind of mission-based kind of menu aspects, which kind of puts me off a bit. But at the same time, it's a new and improved Snow Runner slash um, Mud Runner isque game that we both love. And I don't think, yeah. although that's a big downside for us because we like that kind of open world mess. Um, well, I think it's it's not going to put us completely off. I don't think. Well, this is the thing. So, obviously, going back to what I was saying just briefly, I wonder if it's just going to be that you complete those missions and then upgrade to your camp, which, as I say, acts as your main menu. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know much yet, but I, I wonder if that's how they're going to work it because otherwise I don't see how the camp is really going to work. Yeah. Unless it's just one map and then you venture out into that same map. I don't yeah. know. Um... But, yeah, it not being open world, I mean, they kind of already have the challenges system. Um, I don't know if you've seen on the, the main menu, there is a challenges option, mm, and it yeah. will drop you into a map with a certain vehicle, certain vehicles, um, and, you know, it might be a time trial, or it might be you have to stay yeah. in one vehicle, or whatever the case may be. Mm. I, I wonder if it's just going to copy that. I mean, it's not something I've ever done. No, neither. I'll be I. honest. I stick to the open world, and I like to do the jobs, and and that's that's my fun with with uh, Snowrunner. And... Obviously, all we have is the announcement trailer. I mean, it's, I know some content creators yeah. got to actually play a build at Gamescom, um, which was interesting. Okay. Um, I think um, Game Riot he did uh, a video on it as well um, of some of the details that he picked up, which 
and some of the details that I'm gonna about to mention as well. So they've actually played it, and you know they haven't said entirely bad things, but I'd like to see some more aspects, maybe a gameplay trailer when it's closer to launch. So that's what yeah. I'd like to see. So as for some of the new things, which is quite interesting, um, it has an anchor uh, device, a limited range from your vehicle. Oh, um, yeah. So obviously normally we have to anchor it from our vehicle to somewhere else on a physical point like a tree or, or, yeah. or something like that. Um, and this is actually in relation to the maps, um, which I'll get to on in a little bit. And I think it's because there's not, there wouldn't be much anchor points. So that's why we've got our own portable anchor device. But I think it's such a step up from SnowRunner. They're thinking outside the box of what can make this game even more fun. And that's one of them. Well, yeah, I guess it's focused on that exploration aspect. So mm. or that's what it looks like from the name and the trailer anyway. Yeah. So it makes sense that you need tools where you can effectively save yourself if you get stuck because you're not going to have basically what we get in SnowRunner. You know, SnowRunner, mm. you're largely working around known tracks. Yes, they're muddy tracks in the middle of nowhere. So you need to pull yourself out of that mud. But largely you're working in these kind of and, um, populated areas, I guess. Yeah, and I'm, I'm probably thinking that you don't get to switch vehicles. I think that whatever vehicle you get going is, obviously this isn't confirmed, but I'm speculating that it might be the only vehicle that you're allowed to be in. Oh, so you choose it before you deploy it effectively. So. I, think, I think you choose uh, the amount of players, um, you know, your, your drivers, your car beforehand, I think. And then yeah. Dive in, yeah. Okay, interesting. So another piece of equipment was the use of the reconnaissance drone. Um, um, there's also a metal detector. Uh, and camera drone to uh, and they're, they're to locate caches and value equipment or so it's been mentioned I think on the on the on the steam page but uh, that kind of that drone seems interesting to use I know it has it its own dedicated pad um, uh, and we know a few things about the hood from the from the trailer it has a, co a compass a signal indicator so it's got some range there's a height and distance meter and it can find okay. objectives on the map and scan things now we're not quite sure what it does scan but we know it does scan um yeah they'll I probably expand on that as we get closer to release i, I think, think it's one of those things that's quite cool probably quite cool to use just use the, use the drone uh to scout ahead i think i can see you using it for loads of photos oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. um do you know what though talking about this i I hope that this isn't the way they go forward with it. I know I you've got a couple more points to discuss yeah. on this, but I I hope this is a a spin-off game and they do this for a little bit, but we come back to another game like SnowRunner. Yeah. You know, some kind of yeah. development on that. I, I hope that that is the way it goes, because if it does end up going down this route and that is the next main game, yeah, I don't know if I'll stick with the series. Hmm. But yeah, yes, we'll, we'll I, I know see. it's very early on to say that. We haven't seen much yet, but yeah. from the trailer we have seen, we, I, I feel like we're losing a lot of what I enjoyed about SnowRunner and Mudrunner. Yeah. But. Yeah. What's also interesting about what we saw in that trailer is there is an inventory icon on the HUD. Um, there's okay. also a gauge HUD icon with an up and down indicator. Um, 
and people are speculating because this this feature has been confirmed by them saying there's going to be tire pressures included meaning if you have low pressures for too long you'll damage your tires okay so tire pressures are going to be uh, a thing now i wonder if they'll also introduce punctures then probably they've got the facility for tire pressure and saying you have to worry about is it going to be possible that you can puncture your tyre and then, you know, if you mm. keep pushing, you're going to end up with a flat? I'm also wondering with this game is if they are potentially testing some features for the next SnowRunner, MudRunner game. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay with that if they want to try out things like this and with a, with a effectively treat it like a tech demo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. They're maybe testing some waters, particularly the tire pressures, those those gauges. Inventory icon's interesting. I wonder what we're getting out of it. Inventory, that's quite an interesting thing to have. Uh, the final thing I do want to mention is about the maps, because uh, I did say about the anchor earlier. Not much. Oh, yeah. And, and the maps we have. So there's going to be themes of deserts, rugged forests, mountains, um, that have pin dressers, forgotten ruins. And we have some map names that I noticed. So we've got Grand Canyon and uh, Arizona map. So. Okay. They're quite, oh, so maybe des they're quite deserty and open. So I understand why there's now uh, an anchor um, device yeah. to use. Because there isn't going to be much trees there, is there? No, you're going to be. It's very I'm rocky. trying to find a friendly word for it. Um, out of luck. <laughs> add, of luck. add a word on the front. Out of luck and uh, rolling down mountains and cliff edges. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of the consecrators that, that had the tech demo uh, said someone climbed up a cliff edge with that anchor device. So they used it to climb up something. Which... Probably not I mean, the way it was designed cool. to, but... No, but that's cool that you can, though. Yeah. That's That'll be fun. Yeah. I think there'll be fun things you can play around with that, that anchor. Definitely. Right, shall we move on? Uh, because uh, you have uh, something uh, Starfield-related to talk about. Yeah, so... I mean, I can't talk about a lot, because I haven't played a lot yet. Um... Thanks to my illness, um, <laughs> I've not been able to stream Starfield yet, and I've been trying to save it for the stream because I want to, you know, with with some of the story games that we've uh, we've been playing, I want to share that reaction on the stream, and I want to see people. Oh, sorry, I want people to see it raw. So I haven't played a lot, but the little bit that I have played so far, I would say classic Bethesda RPG, um, mm. exactly the kind of story elements that I would expect uh, from them and certainly the kind of gameplay that I would expect and it's definitely been very enjoyable so far. Uh, I'm loving the, the the little sort of snapshot I have seen that I've played a little bit of myself. Um, but I do have a couple of things to talk about. So number one the spaceships. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, on the plus side, I like the customizability that you have and that you can sit and build your own spaceship. I mean, we've seen people making, you know, the Millennium Falcon, an X-Wing. I've seen a Pelican from Halo. Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm glad I, that we can sit and do these things. I've seen Thunderbird 2. Someone oh, really? Thunderbird 2, yes. I kind of want that, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. 
Um, like, don't get me wrong, I like that we have these things and, and that's great, but I kind of am a little bit disappointed that it is get in your ship, press a button, oh, you're in space, and then, oh, look at a system and, oh, I've landed. Uh, I, I, I feel like the space bit is a little bit of a gimmick. Um, do, you know, do you know what's ruined your experience? I know you've not played too much of the game, but do you know what's ruined your experience? Star what? Citizen has ruined it for you. <laughs> well, more Elite Dangerous, but yeah. I get more from Elite Dangerous, and I can still get out of my ship and walk around in Elite. But what, one of the arguments that was, oh, it's going to be a Star Citizen killer, it's not because it's an addition to Star Citizen, because it's an... What people are forgetting oh. is it's not a space sim, it is an RPG. It's still a Bethesda RPG, so there are going to yeah. be... Those loading and screen elements. I mean, that's definitely the way I'm trying to look at it. You know, if I want that open world experience where I can forge my life in the stars, basically, yeah. then yeah, I've got Elite Dangerous or Star Citizen for that, and they will fill that niche for me, and that's brilliant. If I want a fantastic RPG with a banging story, then I've got a Bethesda game. And obviously now we've got Starfield, which fills that kind of space theme. Uh, with with a with a story, as people uh, say, it's Fallout Four in space. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, I I can totally get behind that. One of the other, or this kind of leads onto my other disappointment, though, uh, mm. or the other thing that I'm a little bit miffed about is we were told about the exploration, yeah, uh, and you know, being able to go and explore these these worlds and stuff. But what I've again, not saying I've seen because I've not played a lot, but I've seen a lot of. Uh, videos online about this talking about invisible barriers mm. you know you explore so far in a world you know you land somewhere you go running off in a, in a random direction you you hit an invisible barrier you know you can see these mountains off in the distance but you can't run towards them you can't go and explore them you can't go hiking through them um so i get you know, the, the you, you kind of to an area yeah um so Todd Howard explained how this works because it's all procedural generated. They're all yeah. done on tiles, and those tiles are, can only be so big. Ah, so that's but, why. But so here's the other thing, though. At uh, least the the video I was watching the other day. If you, you know, you look at a planet, obviously, and you choose your place to land, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as you said, there's a tile, so you can run up to the edge of that, but then you're you're stuck there, right? Yeah. You can't get past it. But if you go back to space and you go, okay, well, I'm going to land the next tile over, you know, you move it over a little bit and say, I want to land there. Suddenly that mountain range you were looking at, it's gone. Mm. Yeah. It's because it generates a different seed. It doesn't carry over whatever you were looking at before. So that world you were looking at, the, the outside world that you wanted to explore, well, that's gone. It doesn't exist now uh, you know, because you've created a whole this... new world. This tiles does explain why there isn't any land vehicles because you could you could be able to get there so quickly. But I've also seen people yeah. say, obviously, there was a lot of speculation with this procedural generating and the tiles before proper launch, and it was more early access, premium edition, all that kind of stuff. But also, mm. I've seen people post-launch just say that they don't notice it because they're not going to spend... Some people have said, oh, yeah, it took me 10 minutes to get to the, the barrier. But realistically speaking, um, some other people say, oh, it's taken me 30 minutes to get there. But the fact that you've got to, yeah. you've had to walk all that way, there's not going to be a lot of people that's going to 
gonna walk that way because you're gonna get bored halfway through and think, nah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back. You know, yes, yeah, there, will, I guess there, it depends. there will be there will be some people that will, but I don't think it'll be the mass majority. And I think that's why they've I, done I, it done it the way they've done it. Because I don't think a lot of people will hit those barriers when they've been exploring. Yeah, I think it depends on what kind of gameplay you want. I mean, I know from my experience playing Skyrim, I didn't really play Fallout. So I need to look into... Don't Please don't hunt me down, listeners <laughs> and watchers. Um, I know that I am in the wrong for not playing Fallout. Now we've got that out of the way. My experience <laughs> is playing Skyrim. And I know from playing Skyrim and from friends that play Skyrim... Over the course of its life, we've probably played hundreds of different playthroughs, creating an entirely different character each time. And I know people do that with Fallout as well. I, you know, again, I have yeah. friends that play it, so I understand that it's a similar thing. It's kind of a staple of Bethesda RPGs. So I expect it's going to be the same with Starfield. I know that one of the characters you can create is a bit of a, an explorer, you know, someone who wants to go exploring. Someone is going to create that character and go, yes, I'm going to dedicate this playthrough to exploring the world. I'm going to go and explore everything I can and find everything that I can and collect all the materials. And it's those people. Yes, it might be a small group of people to start with that go for that exclusive gameplay because most people will want to shoot things, right? But eventually you will get a lot of people that want to do that and then go, well, I, I can't actually do what my character's made for. Mm. Which, again, you know, it's, it's thinking certainly more in the long term for that aspect i think people are going to come across that a lot and i think it's gonna leave a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths it what definitely didn't might, seem to be sold like that might fix this is actually start todd howard said that starfield made for modding and i'm pretty sure modders are going to be able to be able to exploit that and fix that potentially i mean hopefully in the future so, Hopefully. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch be... of mods right now, but I know official mods are coming in 2024 from Bethesda. So, that's I mean, quite I wouldn't good. bother with that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know that before it even released, people got it through obviously the early access, the five day early access. And then, even in that time, we had some of the quality of life stuff we've come to expect from, you know, Skyrim and Fallout yeah. already appearing as a version yeah. for Starfield. So, I know that the modding community is already looking into things and I know that we will get some funky and wacky as well as amazing mods. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they develop that and improve that because I, I yeah. certainly think modern communities improve games. They bring us a lot of things that we think should be added. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether that is something that gets addressed uh, and something that gets... Um, I don't want to say fixed, but improved, improved. let's say. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I think it's, I know we say this a lot, but it's another one to keep an eye on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. all well and good talking about it now when the game has just come out, but I feel like with a lot of things, you have to give it time and see just what happens. Yeah. Now, we're, we've heard a bit about your experience. Um, as for mine, um, <laughs> I've only played three hours. Um, as okay. I've explicitly said on this podcast many, many times before, there are lots of games coming out that I'm interested in. And my stream schedule is all surrounding that. So I've only had a chance to play Starfield once. Um, 
unfortunately. Um, I was meant to play a bit more, but um, on the same week that Starfield came out, Starbreeze, who are the developers that make Payday 3, decided, let's do the open beta on the weekend. So I decided, okay, I'm changing my stream schedule. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you're missing that. Uh, no, there's no way I was going to miss that. Um, so, and then obviously... Uh, the week of this recording has been the Crew Motorfest, which I've been enjoying as well. Um, and then obviously the following week is actually going to be the release of Payday. Um, and then maybe on the last week of September I'll get to play some Starfield again. But I've only played three hours. I'm only roughly three hours in. Um, I can't say I, I've got an opinion on the game yet. I've only played it in one session of three hours. Um... I'm not much of a big RPG person. I haven't really played much. Um, I've played Cyberpunk. Um, I would kind of say Red Dead, GTA kind of are on that, but they're more action-adventure than actual pure RPG. Um, they, yeah. have so they have some choices, but they're not a pure RPG like Cyberpunk is. In fact, I think Cyberpunk was probably my, my first. Um, and we, we I don't count... The, the one attempt that I tried to play Fallout 4 on stream because, um, well, I could hardly get to the bunker before. Yes, the, it the didn't game, go very well, did it? The game kept crashing as I was go going to the bunker. I spent 40 minutes on character customization, did all the stuff in the house in Fallout 4, tried to go to the bunker, crash, 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 crash. Yeah. I oh. It, it doesn't, in my eyes, it doesn't count that I played Fallout 4 because I haven't actually experienced what the game is. So, oh, mate. Technically, Starfield's my first RPG, but so far, I'm thinking everybody's overhyped at this point. Starfield, it just feels like an RPG. It feels like a really good story-based game. I feel that people have been overhyping it to the point where it's this um, amazing, groundbreaking, new, revolutionary game. But obviously, I haven't got that far in to actually fully confirm that, from my opinion. Yeah. But that's my kind of opinion so far three hours in. You know, I've hardly got yeah. to anything. I still think I'm in that kind of tutorial phase still, I think. You know? Yeah. Um, I still feel I'm, I'm still in the sort of intro introductory aspect to it um so yeah but the one thing that i uh that i did find frustrating is the uh what they call the the digilocks i still haven't uh, i still haven't got my head around them right. <laughs> oh I, to be fair it took me a couple of goes but i get it now and the first mission right I think you're, you know what one I'm on about. I think you've got this far. I don't know how far you've got. Um, the pirate nest. Is oh, that, yeah, yeah, I've done that. Oh, you've done that first entire mission, right? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, can I ask you something? Did did yours end up in a fight, or did you get away? Oh, no, I walked away. I managed to... Uh, yeah, I managed to sweet-talk them, and uh, yeah, I got away. So did yeah, so Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. I was like, I'm I'm bad at the negotiation stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the funny thing was... What? The funny thing was about, um, that, about that mission was you, you go to the roof, don't you, right? 
Yeah. I spent like 30 minutes trying to find that goddamn ladder because I didn't know it was a ladder, by the way, because it, to me, it blended into the environment so well, I didn't realize it was a way for me to actually oh. go up. Oh, Tom. I spent so long. So I, I do apologize <laughs> to, to my mods on stream, oh. Jay, and all, everyone that watched me that, you know, I was like, where is it? I went outside. I went all, all around. No, it's just one entrance. Oh, one Tom. In. I went up and down each level so many times. Like, I've missed something. The mark is there, but how do I get up there? <laughs> oh, Tom. Oh, mate. Because to me, to me, that is too good environment design. Too good. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got used to that. They, uh, they redeveloped their worlds. Dearing me. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, look, my gripes aside, I'm still excited to play more of it. I love a Bethesda RPG. I love the yeah. story. That's what I play it for. So I think, I think my problem was, oh, I really want to still still play Starfield. So I think what I'm going to yeah. try and do for, for stream is blast through the campaign as quickly as possible, get to New Game Plus. Then that New Game Plus, because I've heard that there's some, um, some brilliant new aspects to it. Um, additions to right. it when you go through New Game Plus. Save New Game Plus for me and continue my original save on stream. That way I can play it in my own time and on stream instead of me waiting weeks and weeks and weeks to play it again because I really do want to play it again. But I can't because I've got yeah. like, a stream and because I've got all these other games coming out, I want to cover those as well on stream. So I'm like, ah, I've got so much to play and two little days yeah, and, I, yeah i guess it depends on whether you're wanting to share that that initial reaction yeah i i wanted that's um, what i wanted to i was considering because obviously if you I if you blitz through it so you can do yeah i because yeah. obviously i don't want to repeat the exact same thing again on stream i just want to continue it um, yeah because i mean i suppose when when you've completed the the main story and game that means you've got everything at your disposal anyway everything's available you can go and uh, you know n nothing I, I don't think anything is locked in starfield but it's that sense of you've met everybody that you need to and you could you you know where what you're doing and you've kind of got used to the game that way yeah i mean realistically it's more about the story and the way yeah. the story develops yeah. and yeah you can blitz through the main story but certainly my experience with skyrim because I tried to do that at one point, was that I then trapped myself in an area because I wasn't high enough level to deal with the enemy. So I was getting my ass handed to me every time I walked into this room. But I also couldn't walk away because I trapped myself in there. And I couldn't go and do like a side quest, which I needed to do to level up <laughs> and get some better gear. You know, I mean, then it was like crafting the sword and the armor I that mean... I needed, but I didn't have a high enough level. That's the only issue and concern I have with, with blitzing through it. I must However, clarify, when, when I say I'm going to quickly go through it, I don't mean I'm going to rush it purposely. I am going to enjoy the game. Um, yeah. But I think my main kind of goal would be to go through the story to start with. Because honestly, the one thing that actually sold me to buy Starfield was actually the shipbuilding. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, not all the story... Not the exploration, the shipbuilding. <laughs> because it's 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 so cool and so modular that I want to do that. So I want to get enough credits and get enough parts to be able to, to build something. 
So, yeah. I've noticed some people are <laughs> building some of these big premium ships from Star Citizen in Starfield. <laughs> oh, but wow. Ones that are still in concept for Star Citizen, and they're just building them in Starfield. And oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you could get That's this just ship. You could you could get this ship even cheaper. Yeah, it probably. That's won't. just embarrassing. <laughs> I just find it funny. It's, it's quite good. Uh, it won't be the same, obviously, but yeah, it, it's the general shape, I think, and the, the kind of aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. Right, shall we uh, move on to the next one? Next thing. Yes. The next thing yes. Is quite. It's quite recent. This is to do with Unity, um, who make, obviously, the Epic Games launcher. And um, their own... No, that's not right. Sorry, they don't make the Epic Games launcher. Epic Games make the Epic Games launcher. <laughs> yep, my brain's working. <laughs> Unity, who make the Unity game engine. Um, have introduced uh, uh, a new fee for 2024 for developers. So, the entire developer community has been up in arms about this because this is what they've done. They plan to add a runtime fee, meaning each time a game is downloaded or installed, the developer of the game is charged. This fee will only be introduced once a game reaches a certain level of success. Developers who use Unity's free services will be charged 20 cents or 16 what's that currency again oh my god pence pence oh tom is your brain melted would my you like me to take over my brain's gone what's going on i don't even know my own currency anymore but i know america's oh, oh tom so 16p every time the game is downloaded but uh, only if the game makes two hundred thousand dollars in 12 months and is downloaded over 200,000 times. Now, this threshold is up to a million downloads and a million dollars for developers who pay the Unity's Pro services, and the amount that they will be charged per download is less than developers who have free accounts. Now, there's a lot of people up in arms because, obviously, the people that make games in their own time, people that are indie devs, don't have the money to do that. But, obviously, you know, there is that threshold. So that's why lots of people were a bit concerned. I think it may have been to do the wording of how they, they did it. But here are the concerns that um, that I found out, particularly over Twitter. They've been very vocal over Twitter. Um, so the developers who offer free to install games getting charged for installs despite not earning from them. Developers are being charged for re-downloads, means gamers who dislike a product could in theory re-down the game repeatedly without playing it, forcing the, the developers to play it, pay a fee every time they do, or if you just reinstall Ooh. it because you want to play it again. Games that are legally downloaded are still lead to the developer being charged despite not receiving money that they are owed. If small developers who make games on Unity substantially pull their games from digital store for it to avoid download fees, it could solely benefit the biggest developers. So, I think for on the... They have released a statement i think they've adjusted some aspects because there's okay. been this huge outcry i've been seeing all over twitter oh yeah um learning real engine uh, i saw earlier today some somebody was about to release a paid course for unreal engine and decide screw it i'm whacking it on youtube for free so oh wow <laughs> the devs that have made among us have come out because they 
they use Unity and they're like, we're not sure what's going to be happening to our game. We might have to pause future updates in order to transfer everything to a different engine. And that's what's going on in the in the development world right now. People are considering, oh, do we need to switch engines? Uh, Colossal Order have had to, was... have, have put out have put out a uh, statement as well, and they make City Skylines. And guess what engine is oh. running on City Skylines 2? Oh, no. Unity. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, they, they They are still continuing with City Skylines 2, no matter what happens at the moment. They might reevaluate at a later time, but we're, they're going to be okay for launch, basically. Um, okay. <laughs> but it is worrying. There's so many of these big games, because even something like Colossal Order, you know, it will really make a a dent in their their cash every time someone installs something they're charged even if it is 16p you know yeah but it's gonna add up and as you said if it's if or as was was mentioned on twitter if that's every time you re-download a game as well yeah that's gonna not just eat into their profits that's gonna eat into like well, long term, they're going to lose money. And think about the indie devs as well. You know, mm. people that aren't really making much money but want to learn or want to make games themselves and, you know, maybe somebody like you or me and, and just want to, you know, get to themselves together, learn, learn Unity and then start making their game. And Yeah. And, and they, you know, they put it on the store maybe for free or a low price, you know. And only a slight number of people, but let's say they do meet the threshold, they're, they're going to have to pay that. Well, I'm, it's funny you mentioned about the uh, the Among Us devs talking about potentially moving to another uh, engine, yeah. because it the immediate thought I had is is this suddenly going to become an engine that no one uses? Yeah, because every developer out there just goes sod paying that fee, <laughs> absolutely no way. Yeah. Um, I, and just suddenly everyone moves said, off of it. That's why so many people are just um, going over to uh, the likes of Unreal Engine. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, come and learn Unreal Engine. Uh, you know, I've been seeing a lot of tweets are saying, oh, yeah, this, this, you know, here's some tips about Unreal Engine. Here's some sources. Here's some YouTube videos. Go watch them. You know, I mean, a few years ago, I started learning Unreal um, in my spare time. Because uh, I wanted to learn some level design, which is pretty cool. Because um, uh, I believe October is the year, not the year, the month of, um, I think it's called Blockout October. Which, um, for those people that don't know, Blockouts are the, is the piece in level design that's everything that's just black and white. And everything's literally a block. That's why it's called a Blockout. Um, everything that you see in the level. So... Yeah, I, mm. I, I, did, I did quite enjoy myself on that, but uh, Unity not really delved into much. But yeah, we're gonna have to see what happens with some developers. They might have to move over to a new engine, which I can imagine is a completely huge chore to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can I can just see the the team behind Unity or the company. Sorry. I can just see them suddenly losing a lot of traffic. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I can see a lot of developers moving off of it, as as you said, especially small developers uh, or yeah. people that want to put something out for free. 
certainly not going to be doing that because then they're paying people paying for people to play their game yeah um yeah i can't see this going down well at all no um unity might find themselves in trouble talking of developers you have a specific developer to talk about next don't you yeah um so i want to talk about volition um probably best known for the saints row franchise uh volition has closed down um mm-hmm. i was just looking through our dms because i sent you the uh the statement uh so this was around about the start of september they put out a statement uh yeah. to say that they were closing down um they've been making games for 30 years 30 years and uh yeah that they are no more and i think the reason i wanted to talk about it is that i think it's always sad when we lose a developer um whether you like their games or not i mean as they said in their statement there's a lot of games they worked on that perhaps you didn't associate with them i certainly didn't uh yeah. descent free space um you know a, a couple of other games as well as well as obviously the the saints row franchise um it's always, like I say, whether you agree with their games or not, it's always sad to lose another developer because that's another team working on different IPs, working on different games, uh, and providing us with a different experience to other people. Competition is important in any industry. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, with competition, the person who wins is us. You know, the, the, the consumer at the end of it all. Mm. And, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Saints Row franchise. I enjoyed those games. I didn't play the latest one, the sort of the reboot that they started. Was it last year? I think we said. Um, yeah. Twenty twenty. You know, and I know we talked about that there was some poor reception to that, and uh, you know, it didn't go down that well. So maybe that was maybe not the final straw, but you know, a, a step towards this this end. But I don't know. I think they denied that that was the case, but you know. I mean, let's let's not beat about the bush. It probably has had an effect, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's sad. I think they made some brilliant games over the years. Um, some hits, some misses, sure. But yeah, I think I think when an old time developer like Volition closes, we all lose. And I think it's uh, certainly a sad moment for the, the games industry as a whole. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, Tom. I don't know how much of their stuff you played. Not a lot. I, I was about to say I don't really have much to say about Volition because um, the only time I've played a Saints Row game is when uh, was the the re- Saints Row Three Remaster on that week where I decided, oh. hey, chat, choose my games for me uh, to stream, and I played it. I played it once, and then that's it. I have not indulged myself in Saints Row franchise. I actually, I was actually looking forward. I'm one of the people that was probably um, looking forward to. Um, playing the the reboot actually, but I know it's been not well received. But I know people will hate on things, and yeah, I I've been known to like games that people don't really like anyway. So I think at one point I'm I was gonna pick it up anyway. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, it still can. It's not like they've said oh yeah because we've shut down you can no longer get the reboot because you can. Um, 
but probably only a matter of time though mm, it will uh it was one that was i was relatively interested to maybe check out and, and pick up at one point um but yeah i haven't really experienced their games and they don't hence why when you picked it up to me I, i'd already heard about it but i didn't think oh podcast episode uh podcast topic because you know i didn't really think much of not something that stood out to you no yeah yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, my involvement really was the Saints Row games. I didn't really play... I don't think I played much else, to be fair. Those games I didn't realise they worked on, so th there could be other things that I've played, sure. Yeah. But, um, like I say, I, I think for me, it's more that loss of a, a big developer, an mm. old developer as well. Like I say, 30 years in I the industry, that's... I didn't they've been going that long, to be fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th I think it's always a big loss. Uh, it'll be a shame that we don't see more coming from them. Um, like I say, the, the few games that I've mentioned, uh, or that they've mentioned even, definitely, definitely some good games there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think from, from both of us here at the Fandom's Edge podcast, I uh, just want to say a big thank you to Volition for everything they've done over the years. And... Uh, Hopefully the, the guys behind the scenes, the, the people working there, uh, hopefully you've all got something to go to next. Uh, hopefully we'll see more from you. Yeah, but, yeah. I know uh, a lot of friends definitely enjoy and love the Saints Row franchise, so yeah. Yeah, it was a real contender to GTA. Yeah. Just I think it went that. more down the wacky side, but... Yeah, definitely the wacky side. For the three hours I played, yeah, definitely wacky. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a contender or a sort of a, a rival for GTA, and I kind of enjoyed that different take on it. Yeah. But certainly the same kind of same vein of game. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's all I've really got to say on Volition. I just wanted to yeah. say a thank you and a goodbye yeah. to them. I think. And uh, talking of goodbyes, um, that's gonna end this month's podcast. Not exactly, wow. not exactly a happy end, but uh, <laughs> not a happy end. But for those that have been listening uh, over on Spotify or whatever podcasting platform or over on YouTube, watching us, seeing our reactions to things, uh, thank you very much for listening and watching. Uh, our next podcast will be on the last month of every Wednesday of the month. So our next one will be on... 25th of October. Totally didn't have to yes. check that. Yes. Um, <laughs> to be sure I had to check as well. Uh, yeah. Um, if you'd like to stay up to date, um, you can follow our socials. Um, both our Discord links are in the description below. Um, both my, mine and Joe's Twitter. Um, his will be Familiar Force. Mine will be Maverick RNG. And if you'd like to see us over on Twitch or YouTube, uh, you can do so. Joe and me both co-stream uh, Eurotruck or American Truck Simulator on Tuesdays. Uh, you can find Joe on twitch.tv slash familiarforce. Mine will be Maverick RNG. My stream schedule is usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, but it's all over the place with all these new games coming out. Um, and there's also the YouTube channel. Familiarforce or at Maverick RNG are our socials. And if you'd like to give us a rating, give us a follow, give us a review on whatever you're listening on or watching on, by all means. And if you want to suggest something, by all means, contact us via our Twitter or our Discord. We'll be very happy to know um, what to improve 
or even what to put in, or even if you want to guest star in the next Fandom's Edge podcast. So we will see you in October in Spooky Month. So we'll see you guys later. On the Fandom's Edge.